0: We believe we all have a big self, and pursuing it is holy work. We also believe that most of us let fear persuade us not to pay attention to it. On episodes when Shelly and I don't have a guest, once or twice a week, we like to bring you a big idea wrapped in a sample-sized package. We call these our micro-episodes that you can listen to on your way to the grocery store or running an errand. Why? because the big journeys are made of thousands of tiny steps. Welcome to The Big Self Show. I'm your host, Chad Prevost.
1: Hello, everybody. I am Shelly Prevost. It's good to be with you all this morning. Good to be with you, honey. Good to have you, Shell. Yeah, so this short episode today we want to answer one question that we get asked quite a bit and it is what do I do if I find myself in a toxic work culture.
0: And that is a great question and we know we also recognize right off the bat that toxic work places is kind of it's just um, it's become meaningless because the term is so overused. So we've come up with a working definition, simple, but a definition of what toxic culture even means in the first place.
1: So let's define what we mean when we say toxic. So we believe that toxic is an environment that's incompatible with your well-being. And we emphasize your well-being, your specific well-being, because not all cultures are created equally and people are different. And so someone might thrive in one culture that might be actually quite toxic for somebody else. And so a toxic culture is an environment that's incompatible with your well-being. And when we talk about well-being, we're talking about a few conditions physical, emotional, intellectual, relational, and spiritual well-being. So those are the the kind of the bedrocks of what a person needs, a human needs to be well.
0: We also recognize that there is an element to this systemic problem in some industries, and we're not prepared here in this micro episode to take on the entire like hospital industry and why all the things are, why burnout is so rampant amongst doctors and nurses there or the education industry or the issues in the finance or in the restaurant and service industry, we recognize that there are huge systemic problems that just like learning some resilience training and mindfulness breathing, you probably have no patience for that because in a certain sense, it just doesn't address the reasons why it feels toxic. And also just, I don't know, Shell, if you want to jump in on this part, but some jobs we also recognize, you kind of know what you're signing up for when you're signing up for it. You're like, if you're a nurse, you're like, I'm going to see some trauma. I have to be prepared for that, mm-hmm. and it may have an impact on some of the things that we just itemized under the definition of well-being.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there is something about this that when we think about the incompatibility piece of this, mm-hmm. that we don't always know what we're signing up for, right? We don't know yeah, our we supervisor. Don't we don't know kind of the workplace culture if it, it's if it fits with us. So, part of I think toxicity begins to fester when we start to realize like, oh, this is not what I thought I was signing up for. And I think we do feel this um, need, of course, to kind of bear it and go, and go through it and figure it out and endure it and endure it and endure it, and endure it to the point where uh, it becomes metastasized, right? It becomes this thing that that is no longer good for us, but we feel like we, we must kind of keep at it. And so I think there is this piece of not always knowing what we're signing up for. But what I coach people around is when you do have those that awareness, like this isn't what is good for me, that should be an indication, a marker of, of some type of um, movement in your life. So, yeah. I'm not saying that you quit your job at that point. Right. I I am saying, let me just finish this. I am saying that doing more of the same thing is not going to get you somewhere different. So there is this kind of shift in your beliefs or your habits or your your expectations that you really do need to begin to take a look at and a lot of people we coach and talk with is we do have the conversation about building a strategy to have a like to leave that job if it's truly no longer good for your well-being.
0: Yeah, if you you know, if you and so I I think real quickly just about the systemic issues in certain industries it's like I think you do have to just kind of you know, do an assessment and just be like, you know, I've done something long enough and I now it's it's that clash song, should I stay or should I go? <laughs> and you just have to, I guess, keep asking yourself that for a period of time until you're just going to say, yes, I accept it. And I accept all these things that come along with it. So I guess I shouldn't complain or no, nope, I am now finding finally recognizing that it is I, I should go. But this is not the topic that we're trying to address think, in this particular podcast. Yeah.
1: And I'll say this, I think that's what quiet quitting has been. Oh, yeah is this this kind of reluctance, uh, this resistance to buy into these toxic cultures that are no longer good for our, our well-being without the power or the ability to really just leave because you know that's hard for a lot of people uh, yes, like it's that very becomes hard. that's our livelihood, that's our kids. You know, college tuition—that's our mortgage. It's—it's not um, feasible for us just to leave. So I think, but I think in that you know resistance to the systems, there is a place for examining what you need. And that's really what we want to talk about in this um, quick episode today is, you know, we preach a lot about start with self.
0: And that's what that's just to cut to the chase. That's what it is. If you aren't at an institution with well-documented and widespread dysfunction, if you are at a relatively normal place with typical (laughs) interpersonal human drama, well, then, you know, here's what we advise, right? And we, we advise start, with yourself. But what does that mean?
1: Yeah. Well, and I think even when there is some deep systemic um un- ease happening, you there's still some some benefits of starting with self and like really looking at like there's a difference between systemic change which takes a lot of work. Yeah. and it takes a long time. So, while systems can change, it takes it takes a while. So, don't give your power over to a system changing. It may or may not. And if it does, it's going to take a long time. What we find is way more prevalent is the way that people work is the problem. So it's it's not as much about the workplace. It's, good it's point. the way that people are operating within that workplace. Uh, it's not all the time. It's not for everybody. But that's just what we tend to see more often in our Our coaching work.
0: So we have some really great questions to conclude this episode that powerful questions that are all about how you would start with yourself, reflexive questions that you can go really deep with.
1: Um, The first thing I would want you to ask is what needs do I have that are not being met? What needs do I have that are not being met? It could be physical needs. It could be emotional needs. It could be, uh, relationally, you know, whatever that is that for whatever reason in this current working life that you're in are not being met.
0: What gifts Mm -hmm. do I have that aren't being used? Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. And I'll just give a quick anecdote. Yeah. Yeah. Anecdote. Um, here, because these are two that I I kind of wrestled with a little bit when I was really burning out because I I had these kind of spiritual um, needs that I I would say just like time to reflect and think and and personal growth spiritual growth is such a value of mine that I didn't realize was such a value until it wasn't happening yeah and I think that contributed a lot to my. Um, not being very well,
0: <laughs> I was. I will interestingly, or somewhat similarly, share that like um, I was in a startup environment where a lot of my gifts were being able to be used, and it was super exciting. And there was like kind of a a period of self discovery, um, but I think. To be honest, like, I was willing to take on certain challenges and leadership roles that may not have been evident to leadership, and I probably should have stepped up and let them know Mm -hmm. in a very forthright way that, like, I'm willing to to be used in this way, and I think I could have been challenged, and I think I could have – become more of a leader by asserting myself a little bit that. And I think there were gifts there that were not tapped into kind of in a little bit of a different way.
1: And I think maybe you didn't even know those gifts as much. So it sounds like they were in your shadow or they were a little bit tenuous maybe some fear around that, that well
0: there was there was a missing conversation there were missing conversations around me st- i just kind of thought oh they'll they'll see it
1: well this gets to one of the other questions yeah. what conversation am i avoiding mm-hmm. and i i see this a lot with clients that they want to they want to talk about work life balance or maybe cutting back or flexible work schedules and I'd be like, well, what'd your boss say? Well, I didn't, I didn't asked her yet. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm like, well, let's talk, let's frame that conversation. Let's yeah. start there. <laughs> let's start with some conversations that you're reluctant about that might end up going very well. Actually. Okay.
0: That's a great one. And I would also say maybe related to what we've already pointed out is just simply asking yourself. Well, what choices are available to you? What really are your options? Taking a little bit of self-inventory there.
1: Mm -hmm. The last one I want to offer, well, we have two more, but uh, the last one's an extra credit one. The fifth one is a little bit trickier, um, and I think this does require some feedback. Or some guidance with a coach or somebody that can help you unpack this. So the last question is, what am I projecting onto my environment? Yeah, what do you mean by that? So projection is, is w- what happens when we have kind of unresolved psychological stuff let's just call it that. Mm-hmm. It's in our it's kind of unfinished business in our psyche that the way that we try to make sense of it is to then project it out onto the world, to into relationships, onto other people. So the things that we are experiencing internally, it could be an emotion, it could be beliefs about the way the world should work. It should be the a belief about how I need to be responded to. So when we're not aware of that, and it kind of sits in our unconsciousness, it comes out in the form of projections. And so a lot of times, um, and I see this happen. I had a conversation recently with somebody who's talking about a bully at work, and she's really fixated on this bully. And you know, there's there's some unfinished business in there from her personal history about being bullied, about a bully. And so what happens when we project our stuff, then we tend to, that's what we tend to focus on because it's like our our brain, our mind, our psyche is wanting to make sense of it. And so we project things and then that becomes the focus of attention. And so there may be some, uh, well, I won't, I'm not going to say maybe there is Absolutely. Some projections going on when we, by, by choosing what we will focus on Yeah, and we don't understand that this is from us. We think it's reality. We think, well, that he's just being a jerk. Well, he's being a jerk to you because you might be putting some of your unfinished business on him. And until we really understand that, unpack that, um, it's going to be really tricky to change the dynamic in that relationship. We have to get clear on what am I putting on this person, uh, whether it's an expectation, an, an emotion, a belief, you know, da da da.
0: So <laughs> overall, when you have like I think b- we can say start with yourself and we and we really mean that, and that is fundamental. We also recognize that there are only so many things within your control. And so by starting with yourself, That is something you can control, right? So, in a way, it's a relief, right? Mm -hmm. It's yes, we all want to go change the world. We want to change everything about that and make it the way it's supposed to be. But don't forget, you have an observer, and your observer is not just completely objective reality.
1: I'm going to say this too. Okay. uh, Before we get to the last question, because Sigmund Freud is credited with this, and I don't think he said it, but that's people say he said it before uh-huh. before you diagnose yourself with depression or anxiety make sure that you are not in fact surrounded by assholes
0: oh yeah i've looked that up someone else did yeah, say yeah i that. don't think it was
1: freud but but i so i do want to say that like everything is in a projection so let me be clear about that um okay. there i think there is but but there's power in also sitting and being like okay if this is this a projection Am I kind of focusing attention on this person? Or in fact, is it an asshole? So the start with self is giving your spell, you're giving yourself the space to discern instead of just reacting, instead of just whipping up, um, you know, getting triggered or getting anxious or getting angry, like giving yourself some space to discern what's happening right here? What am I contributing? Am I contributing? And if this is a a not good place or not a good person, like what do I need to do? What boundaries can I set? What options are available to me? So that it really is empowering, like you're saying, to start with yourself.
0: So we're not trying to solve the world's problems per se, (laughs) but we are trying to encourage you with, with, here's the one takeaway. You start with yourself when it comes to dealing with your toxic work environment, controlling the things you can control, asking yourself some of these questions, which is, what do I do that's not being met? What do I need that's not being met? What gifts do I have that aren't being used? What am I projecting onto my environment? What choices are available to me and maybe even what conversation conversations am I avoiding
1: an extra credit, an extra credit. Cool. The last question that I will ask you to sit with, am I expecting too much from my career? And that may be a whole other expectation episode to unpack, but am I expecting too much for my career? We are not meant to be in totality a worker. And I think that when we begin to overindex on that identity, right, that tends to um Create dis ease.
0: Yeah, I think there's maybe even, yeah, we're going to talk about that very topic on another episode very shortly about the way our identity gets conflated with our work.
1: But I think this has covered a lot of good ground. And we hope you all will um, take these questions, sit with them a little bit. We would love to have you join our Facebook group. So we have a Burnout to Big Self Facebook group. You can find us there. Join the conversation Um In that group, we are just really beginning to form the group and we're going to be rolling out a bunch of cool stuff, Um, some videos, some exercises, activities, things that we do with clients that we, we just want to be able to build a community around that around the work that we do so come and join us um, and we'd love to have you be a part of that
0: these are the kinds of conversations that we are always having and you know if you recognize that like hey these are good questions for me to be asking but i'm not really sure how how to pursue them in depth well That's what we are here for to support you with in coaching sessions and dialogue. We would love to see you more and invite you into our community. Until next time, I'm Chad Prevost.
1: It has been great being with you, Chad Prevost. It's been great being with you, our community. And we will look forward to being with you all again soon. Bye for now. Bye.